0: hey welcome back to the show that helps you become a better leader of your team and we like to empower people that empower people at work this is the while we were working show it's our goal here to make sure that you learn something you're inspired you learn about hr in the trenches and take something valuable and learn more about our service offerings that we have i'm joy price a founder of jumpstart hr and as always i'm joined with our co-host summer keychon who's our consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart Summer, what's going on?
1: Hey Joey, so great to be back for another show. It's always amazing how quickly the week goes by uh, but there's always something you know exciting happening in the news. so thrilled to be back. But how have you been the past few days?
0: I've been good. you know, we're coming to the end of summer, which is depressing as a parent because you know less time with the kids because they'll be off the school and also we have to readjust to the the rhythms of early wake up times getting kids ready and out the door when they don't want to go so you know think of me send me well wishes when when summer's officially over because it's 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 grind time for sure
1: oh man yes it's like as much as you look forward to the summertime break Uh, you know, it comes and goes and before you know it, it's back to school. And yes, those early mornings can be really tough. Yeah. So hang in there.
0: All right, cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And speaking of hanging in there, make sure you, you follow our show, subscribe, hit the like button, uh, leave a review. This week's show is going to be power packed with some things you might not have thought about often. But in our world, we see this stuff uh, quite, quite frequently. So we're going to be talking about the National Labor Relations Board and some updates that they have to the National Labor Relations Act, which impacts businesses all across the U.S. So you want to pay attention. And then in our Consulting's Corner, we are going to be talking about how to have conversations with employees when it comes to uh, benefits. Perks, etc. When you may not have the 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 cash or the clients to meet the expectations of of um, folks uh, desiring more. So it's going to be a good, good, good discussion. Super timely for just kind of where we are with the the economy and things. So looking forward to chatting with it with you and uh, sharing our expertise. So, Summer, you want to go ahead and kick off while we were working.
1: Would love to and welcome everybody to this week's show. We're thrilled you're here. The while we were working segment of our show is where Joey and I take a look at something that's happening uh, in the business or people leadership space that we think is important to dive into just a little more, um, have some casual conversation on how it might apply to you or your business. And we always pick these topics because we know you're super busy. And you can't catch them all, and you were likely too busy working, so here we are. And Joey, I'll tell you, there are very few acronyms that scare the daylights out of me as an HR pro, Uh, but NLRB is definitely one that's uh, scary enough to keep me up at night.
0: Yeah. Why is that? Why is that?
1: Well, I think it's just, well, one, um, I, I've never personally worked in a union environment, but I think just seeing and hearing some of the real challenges that some organizations have faced in regards to, you know, protected activities, and, and that's what we're going to talk about, kind of the ever-changing requirements and stay on the right side of the path. Um, feels like it just it it's getting a little bit harder, and the NLRB is one of those agencies that well, they all mean business, but they really mean business.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you, when you're talking unions, it can it can be very adversarial uh, for groups that have HR, and um, you know HR typically represents the company, and the union typically represents the employees of the of the organization. So. They can be pretty combative. We've seen uh, a, a rise in union activity. But another thing too is with the NLRB, uh, we're going to talk about it in a couple minutes, but it's it's also transitions away from unions and has impact in non-union spaces uh, with, with the NLRA. So if you're listening and your team is not unionized, don't tune out because this is going to help you, but if you are in a union environment, all the more reason to pay attention and catch up on what happened while you were working. So what did happen while we were working over these past couple of weeks? What's new with the NLRB?
1: Yes. So uh, the NLRB, I believe it was on uh, August 2nd, adopted a new standard. And that standard is uh, for evaluating if work rules, so think about your policies and think about your handbooks, uh, if they infringe on employees' rights under Section 7 of the NLRA. And that new standard kind of broken down into uh, easier-to-understand language is that, so if an employee reasonably interprets a work rule to have a coercive meaning, to chill their Section 7 activity rights. It's prohibited. That is, we talk about staying up at night, Joey, that's frightening because what they're saying is essentially that you don't have to explicitly say it if that's how it's reasonably understood. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: and yeah, as well, we're, we're going to go to the, to the breakout of some of the things that, uh, that that this this act seeks to prevent. But it it it's kind of makes it makes me think of the whole saying of two are better than one, where if uh, employees have an issue, it is the, in their interest to go in together on it and say, hey, we want, you know, sick time we want to be able to work from home we want to be able to have this benefit or things of the, of the sort i love how these two are tying together today our, our two topics mm-hmm. but but if there are at least two that counts as uh, a group effort and so employees are protected in in that so very very interesting very very interesting time i think the key is to pay attention to our conversation today and if you're having questions about what this means and for your, your employee handbook, which would need to be revised and even just training of your of your staff and managers who make key decisions, you know we do have this HR policy creation tool uh, and, and uh, service that we provide that uh, we'll, we'll drop it in the links for you to take a look at. So we're going to tell you how scary it is, but we have a solution to help you resolve it with minimal pain and anguish. Um, so Summer, what, what are some of the things that this new NLRA seeks to uh, disrupt or, or transform in the workplace?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it should come with a disclaimer that we can't possibly cover them all in today's show. Uh, but I, I think talking about some of the most common policies that companies have that definitely need to be reviewed is definitely a good start. The first one that comes to mind, uh, because we are very careful when when crafting these policies, even prior to this, is restricting employees' use of social media. Um, if you already have a policy and you review it, uh, hopefully it says something to the effect of that uh, you are not uh, restricting essentially uh, what they can say, but rather that you know it has to come with a disclaimer that these are not views of the company. And again, you can't restrict your like what your team members are saying, but you can give them um, some general guidelines. And so like I've always taken the approach uh, in this area, Joey, of, you know, we promote team members uh, using social media. Like if they're, uh, say, going to write something about their employer, hopefully it's positive. But if they're going to write something about their employer, you know, to have like certain boilerplate language that goes along with it, and then, you know, they're essentially somewhat free to go about what they want to do. But with, the, with this new standard, I think this is a great example of what needs to be revisited, because if your current policy is interpreted as essentially restricting what they can say under their Section 7 rights, then... We're going to need to make that more broad. So it's pretty clear that it doesn't.
0: Yeah. And I can see this playing out. uh, You know, we're we're heading into a presidential election cycle, right? Which tends to be a big, 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 big social media topic, sometimes divisive, sometimes uniting. But either way, there are opinions about many things that bubble up to the surface during uh, a political political run. And so this makes it a bit more challenging for the employer who says, hey, mind your is on social. It, it makes it a little bit more challenging to, to, to do that, which is why you want to have you know, confidence in your, your guidelines, confidence in your policies to know that you can sleep at night saying we have the best policy in place that gives the best guidance in place. And if a employee does something that we don't necessarily agree with or we wouldn't necessarily endorse, mm-hmm. we've shown them how to navigate that and they know what the um, how we might respond to that. So I, I could think of the, the elections being being a pretty big thing. There are also trials of, of different sort happening. So that that could be a big deal. That could be a big deal to you. What else? What else? Uh, You'd mentioned other things that employers have to pay attention to online. And a big one these days, for sure, is is the criticism and negative comments and disparagement of companies' management products and services. So how do you see this being a challenge? What should our listeners pay attention to that's different today than it was yesterday what are, what are your thoughts about
1: this is a really interesting one because you know i was thinking about social media um but you know that the act of you know negative comments or disparagement about company management i mean that or products or services i mean that that could be anywhere right so that's pretty broad and i think this is one we will need to look into much more carefully because Now, I could see, for example, just negative comments as a whole if team members are providing comments in regards to their working conditions or their lack of benefits or anything that may seem disparaging. So long as they're, you know, as long as it's one of their, uh, you know, kind of protected activities, I I think we're going to really struggle to you know, write these policies that are very strict in preventing them from doing so. So trying to find another way to navigate it yeah. to get the same result is going to require some creativity.
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly. And you, you mentioned a few great things that uh, companies need to pay attention to. I think about, you know, not just the small business, but the large business I won't, I won't name any necessarily because this isn't about one business or another, It's the idea, but let's say that there's a big organization that comes into either a, uh, climate crisis or a, uh, I don't know, social justice crisis or something of the sort where public opinion is talking about this company you've got to make sure that your organization is able to respond appropriately to how employees are voicing their opinions online or voicing their opinions to media or voicing their opinions in uh, their social circles because that would be protected too from my understanding of, Mm -hmm. of this uh of this of this new law adjustment so you know If there's an oil spill or if there's artificial intelligence is is new at work and if if there's a mass replacement of people with technology and remaining staff feel some type of way about it, you've got to be careful how you how you respond to those employees in a way that uh, could be seen as retaliatory in nature.
1: You know, you said something, Joey, that uh, was like a big aha for me because it's pretty common that organizations will have some sort of statement in their policies that says, you know, broadly, team members are not to speak to the media, direct all inquiries to, right, and then they'll have uh, a specific contact. But with this new standard, you can't have that Uh, restrictive of a policy. You can't limit an individual's ability to speak to the media or government agencies because if they're talking about some of these protected activities, then now they have the right to. So that's a great example of one that needs to be changed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, and and in the interest of time here, I think there's two two or three more that I want to call out specifically. Mm -hmm. So one policy that you need to pay attention to is Restricting the use of company communication resources such as email or Slack. I didn't think we talked about Slack today, but here we are. Uh, how do you see this new this new policy impacting our ability to communicate with each other?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And i I think just off of the cuff, uh, if companies have restrictions on you know how certain communication uh, platforms are to be used. They're going to likely have to loosen it up because now, now team members, you know, they have the right to discuss some of these matters in greater detail. Where previously there may have been policies that asked them to, for example, only use Slack for, you know, whatever the company predefined X, Y, and Z. Well, now that could reasonably, you know, be interpreted to be chilling their activities that are protected. So, you can't. You won't be able to have such a restrictive policy. They should. They'll. They'll need to be allowed to use some of these resources, um, again for that protected activity. So really interesting, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of challenges in trying to, you know, get on the right side of this requirement.
0: Yeah. So basically, those those fantasy football uh, groups on Slack or. Uh, you know, planning non-work related happy hours. You you may have to have a plan for how to address those things because this law is impacting it. The the last thing I want to talk about, and I know we can talk about any of the other ones here, uh, restricting the meetings with coworkers or the circulation of petitions. Now, this summer is probably getting hives right now because this is like. <laughs> The, the, the union forming activity piece, right? Yeah. But even in a business where um, unions aren't necessarily on the table, it could mean uh, team members who are disgruntled or want to chat about anything in the business. And so, Summer, what should people pay attention to now that this uh, NLRA might change how companies can respond to, to these sorts of gatherings?
1: Yeah, this is a biggie actually, because when I think about uh, the circulation of petitions, my mind immediately goes to non-solicitation policies uh, and how those were created to try to eliminate and/or you know reduce the likelihood of this type of activity in organizations who you know don't believe that you know unions are the best for uh, their their company. So, I, I see this being a tough one. Uh, especially for companies who, you know, are sensing the threat uh, that there, you know, may be uh, unions forming because if we or an organization can't restrict the meetings of co-workers uh, and they're essentially free to collect and do this within, like, you know, kind of do this organizing within the organization and circulate the petitions. Uh, I think companies are going to have to just, uh, you know, I, I, I say, I said it before, get a little more creative on how they tackle this. Um, but I do think it's going to become much more difficult.
0: Yeah. Certainly. It's, it's not only an HR compliance issue. It is a, uh, employee engagement issue. Mm-hmm. It can bubble up and become a employer brand or even a company brand issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you want to pay attention to this new law uh, or sorry, this new uh, act uh, amendments and how it's impacting your business. And if you're worried, nervous, concerned, not don't know where to start, the best place you can do is go to our website and uh, check out our shop section, which will give you the opportunity to purchase either a single policy revision or now that I'm thinking about this summer, this is kind of the whole the whole handbook, right? This is yeah. uh, a lot of things should be reviewed and, uh, and and paid attention to. So if you need a handbook created or uh, reviewed and refreshed, uh, you can do so over at our website at jumpstart-hr.com slash shop. And we have links in the show notes of where you can specifically go to grab our services uh, in a point click buy sort of fashion. So, um, all right. Let's, let's go into our next segment, which is Consultants Corner. And Consultants Corner is all about life in the trenches as HR pros in this space. So it's the good, the bad, the ugly, the sticky, the challenging, the, the exciting. This week, we've got a uh, question that came in Employees at a client are asking for more benefits, more perks, et cetera, with little or no regard to the financial health of the company. How do you manage expectations and also help them see what they do have is very competitive. So perfect time to have this conversation. (laughs) If you're listening, take notes because there's going to be something here for you. If your business is doing well, this is a great conversation to have because it's a reminder of like, hey, if you've got good benefits, you need to let your team know. If your company is not doing so well, this will be a blueprint or strategy or just things to think about as you navigate the waters of this conversation. Summer, is there any context that we should have for this specific scenario? Do we want to keep it general? What are your What are your thoughts on how we dive into this one?
1: Well, I, I liked what you set up that I, I think there's kind of two takes on this. One is, you know, if you are a company who's doing well and you're in the position to potentially consider additional perks or your company like the one that mentioned that is maybe not doing as well but it seems like there's a disconnect between what employees are asking and or expecting versus reality it would be cool i think if maybe we could touch on both
0: yeah certainly 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 we've got we've got time we've got about uh seven minutes here okay so let's take this first piece um, the employees are asking for more benefits, more perks, etc., with little regard to the financial health of the company. Mm-hmm. I think there are a few things there and every organization is going to be different, going to be led different. And so take these as questions to ponder and not prescriptive advice. So if you are in an organization where finances are more closed book, you might just want to have honest conversations about where things are, uh, how they're trending, and then sort of, you know, what are things that you're doing to help right the ship, so to speak. If you are an organization where your finances are more open book, then you're already probably having those conversations. I think what you should dial up is the impact that your, your P&L or your revenue is having on your ability to meet the needs or the desires of your team. Um, so, So that's one. And then the second thing there that I would say from the standpoint of if you're doing really good, it is never a bad idea to remind people how much you value them. So whether that is a thank you or whether it is a reminder of, hey, did you know you have this benefit? Did you know at this level of contribution We're pretty competitive. These are some of the things that we do to show our appreciation. Uh, so it's never a bad idea to let people know that they're valued and appreciated, uh, whether you're doing it currently or if you, uh, strive to. Uh, so those are some of my initial, initial thoughts, uh, summer, what, what stood out to you in this question and, and how you were preparing your response for, for our, our show.
1: Yeah, I I was definitely giving some thought to it because I have been observing across multiple clients there being, to a degree, some similar themes in regards to an increase in, I wouldn't say like employee demands, but employee asks for additional perks and benefits and pay. And I haven't seen that prior to this. And so it got me thinking, you know, coming out of, covid uh, and you know what has been you know quite frankly just a whirlwind of um you know kind of the job market and you know the the wild pay increases that we saw there when companies were competing fiercely for talent and I think there was a time um, that has since passed where workers had, um, especially those that were in the market, they they had a bit of an upper hand to make, you know, what might seem today like a wild ask, but uh, many of them were actually getting what they were asking for. So I feel like it's a little bit of a recalibration period right now to manage expectations that, um, you know, companies can only offer what they can afford. Mm-hmm. and. To your point, if an organization isn't, you know, isn't sharing much about their financial health, then team members may not know that, you know, their asks for additional benefits and more time off or whatever it might be is great if the company had the money to do it. But if they don't, then it's quite impossible to do so. Mm -hmm. So I think that having, you know, having a certain degree of communication in regards to the financial health is like, in my opinion, the the number one, most important piece. And that's layered with something that I love, which is total comp statements. So uh, for those that aren't familiar, a total comp statement is uh, a letter of sorts that uh, your HR team or Jumpstart can put together for you. And it's kind of a running total of all of the all of the aspects of your employment that are um, pay or benefit related. And there is a there's a a number tied to it. So for example, there's a value to if you have an employer match in your 401k, there's a value to the time off that you receive, of course, your pay, any sort of bonus and commissions. And so it essentially tallies up all of these items. So that you can get a bottom line number of how much the company is actually providing to you uh, in addition to, or I should say, yeah, the, it's a total number, right? It includes your base pay, but typically individuals think of maybe just their base pay or bonus. Mm-hmm. So those are that's kind of my, my tip is to combine those two. And to make sure that the company is, you know, communicating their desires of wanting to do more, um, but also, you know, balancing that with the financial health of the company and information if it's available to what competitors are offering so that they can benchmark it and see for themselves.
0: Yeah, you, you nailed it. You nailed the summer. And I, I like what you said about the presentation. Mm-hmm. I can remember uh working with a client it was a, a non-profit in a region of the u.s where salaries are um, not as high because cost of living isn't as high mm-hmm. so we were working with this group in in this region and people were concerned you know am i am i getting paid uh well basically how much am i taking home and and is it is it enough is is the company really looking out for it? And one of the strategies that we did was, well, hey, we need to, to show how much the company is compensating uh, because it all matters. It's kind of like, you know, you go to car shopping and you see the, the sticker price, but then behind the sticker price, there are all these taxes, fees, and things that get added on. So you're never walking away with just the sticker price. When it comes to your compensation, you're never re- walking away with just your salary. Uh, you, there are other things that go into it as well. So one of the things that this company did that was pretty cool is they actually covered healthcare, uh, hundred percent for, uh, individuals. And then there was kind of like a prorated generous contribution for, uh, for, for families. And so they were able to compute that there was a defined number of days off that you got in a year based on your, uh, tenure in the organization was kind of a traditional thing, right? They were able to compute that. What are some other things that they were able to compute? The fact that uh, every seven years you got a an extended time off. So to take kind of like a, a work sabbatical. Because uh, they wanted you to be around for a long time. And so you reach that point, you take a break, you deserved it. You earned it, right? Nice. Um, so they were able to compute that. They're able to compute, um, what they contribute to your disability, what they contribute to, uh, health insurance, not only, um, sorry, not health insurance, but life insurance. So not only the premium, but even the, uh, dollar value of your, of your policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that goes beyond this thicker price of the take home pay and the employees were, were pretty grateful, uh, once they saw all of that, um, But I also think another factor of that is there's so much that drives people to want to work somewhere or not work somewhere. So it's also a good time to just recalibrate and say, are our managers nice people to work for? Is our team good to work with? So I say all of that to say that um, I agree, Summer, itemize it. Um, I shared some things you can itemize, but then also look at your work environment as a whole and see is it a great place to great place to work
1: Mm -hmm. well i think we covered all of it those are some really great tips and if you're an organization that might be struggling with this or anything else uh, that you know feels like it's just impossible uh, to tackle your friends over here at jumpstart hr would love to chat with you Uh, We work on these types of items and much, much more on a daily basis. And Joey, the team would love, love to have the opportunity uh, to work on these types of projects. So if you're listening, uh, you can reach out to us. Hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And I think that's all we had. Joey, was there anything you wanted to add?
0: No, I think that's it. I think that's it. We do have a service that you can buy on our website. If you're curious about how to put together a total comp statement, uh, we've got a block of prepaid hours that you can go ahead and grab on our site. So that's jumpstart-hr.com slash shop, and you'll be able to navigate and find it. And we'll drop a link to it in the show notes too, so that you can see it and learn more and and take action and and purchase because We'd love to help. So this has been another great episode of the show. Uh, Summer, as always, thanks for your insight and your your, your uh, informative take on things. And uh, we've got a great episode planned for you next week. So stick around, stay tuned. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, and check our growing catalog of episodes where we help you tackle difficult uh, business challenges that have to do with everybody's favorite part of business, which is people. So, till next time, have a great week.
1: Thanks, everyone.